Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Matt. Hello. Again. 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 And again. What? I gotta scoot myself around here. What is your favorite color? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I don't really have a favorite color. I prefer earth tones. You would. What is that you would bullshit? What do you like? Blue? <laughs> Isn't blue an earth tone kind you of? You fucking basic bitch over there. Wow. Wow. Listen. Just Why don't you I'm... go get your pumpkin spice latte? Me and my... Do some cocaine in the bathroom. Wait. Cocaine's basic bitch? <laughs> I can agree with the pumpkin spice latte. I'll put on a Han Solo outfit and go get a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> uh, Han Solo. <laughs> uh, yes. So I would ask you, what are we doing? But I feel like you wouldn't know, even though I've this is well rehearsed. So, well, I wouldn't go that far. It's not well rehearsed. It's just that I know the what we're thing, about to do. I say the next thirty seconds are well rehearsed. After that, it's just a train wreck. I sit here. I ask a question every once in a while. Other than that, I listen to you talk about shit you saw in Boston. Why does that make me fi- feel like every single week is that? Even when it's not a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. No. Because <laughs> uh, it's the... Max sitting there listening. Yeah, not me. That's true. That's true. So it is the PAX East, Nate and Dewey's PAX Stravaganza from 2019. A summary of their journey through PAX 2019. Do you want me to get right into the games or do you want to ask questions about PAX itself? You're not going to... You want me to read my intro? Yeah, I mean, you wrote the intro. intro. Read the fucking intro. All right, all right, fine. (laughs) It was a glorious time filled with a Holiday Inn, which turned to Hotel Indigo, bullshit, and walking galore. Ate late, drank little, and played a ton of games, both board and video, and then drank more. We gained loot in the form of a drawstring bag from Digipen, which was right there. And I have pins and lanyards and things like that. Uh, And we spoke with many of the devs and played quite a few of the games as shown below in no particular order. All right, before games, um, we'll do a uh, we'll do a uh, post mortem. Ah, yes, my Q and A phase. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my panel. Anybody that has questions can line up over there. No, what do you? What are the thoughts on your hotel this year? Uh, the hotel itself was was actually nice. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Uh, they so they were a ho- uh, Holiday Inn that they went through a rebrand or a, 
transition to this hotel indigo thing. They told me the day before I got there about that, so that was all fine. Like I was like, okay, whatever. They're like, yeah, you're still basically a Holiday Inn guest. It's just the name. The name's different if you're looking for it. It's like okay, okay. Uh, they like remodeled a bunch of stuff. Nice, nice hotel. Uh, the guy I dealt with on the front desk the first day, a little weird. I think he was French. Because <laughs> I, I definitely think it was a French accent I was picking up. Okay. But he seemed like he might have been a new hire. That he was being really, really friendly. But like awkwardly friendly. Uh-huh. Like I like 20% too much. Like sir, yada, yada. I'm just like, bud, we don't have to do this. <laughs> I appreciate you, but we don't have to do this. Then... Picture from where we're sitting right now, right? I'm at the desk. You're checking in. There's a little hallway right there. And then, like, where my master is, this is where the elevator is. It's not that far. It's just, like, there and a little bit to the right. Okay. After we do all the check-in and stuff, he then shows me to the elevator. It's right there. He walks me to the elevator and holds the door for me to get on. That's, like, a little awkward. The Maybe on, he liked you. The Envoy doesn't do that. And we've paid many more hundreds of dollars to stay at the Envoy. <laughs> well, that's because you're paying for them to, to look at you like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Max. Max is trying to rip my, my leg off. And not to mention that at the Envoy, you also still need a card to operate the elevator. True. True. So uh, I get in this elevator. The elevator is sketch. It's not a sketch with just me in it. Later in the day, it's me doing some other random guy in there. Dewey stepped into the elevator, and we all just kind of looked at each other like, this thing's going to fucking break. Because <laughs> he took like a lunging step to try to make sure he got in the door. And so he took like a, a large lunge, and he just, boom, and the whole thing shakes. I'm like, I'm going to die. And I only had to go up one floor. I was on the second floor. So after that, we started using the stairs. Because we're like, we're not risking that elevator breaking. Because it was an old elevator. Okay. Like it, it had a service tag of October or whatever, but it was just, it was old. And for some reason, they repainted the walls and everything, but they didn't fix the elevator. I don't know. Weird. Room? Nice. Nice room. Everything else good. It was just that one situation was really Bathroom weird. wall wasn't glass? No, bathroom wall was not. <laughs> bathroom was behind a door. Oh, whoa. I know. I step up from the envoy. <laughs> and uh, we... We came back first night, second night, and we were feeling pretty good, and we were going up the stairs again, and we were just jokingly, like, pulling on the handrails to, like, pull ourselves up, and then we pulled on one of them, and you could feel it get really loose from the wall, and we're like, oh, no, we're going to break this handrail, so we can't, we couldn't joke around like that anymore, because we would have just yanked the thing out of the wall. That's not good. Or we're really strong. <laughs> okay. I mean, one of the two. Listen, maybe. I'll tell myself what I want, all right? No, that, it, it, those were the only two, th- it was like... Just certain things they didn't seem to spend the time to fix, but mm-hmm. uh, it the, looked it looked nice. That's good. It's one of those where I was, I'm not sure if like the outside like the outside doesn't really look any different. It's just because of where it was, but the inside was good. Had a hotel bar. We drank there one night, or we stopped in for drinks twice. Mm-hmm. We didn't stay. We, that was not our exclusive drinking place. Mm-hmm. Um, distance to the center about a thirty minute walk. Thirty minute. Like a mile or so, mile and change probably. Didn't mind it. Weather was all right though. I mean, it, uh, it sprinkled twice, but no real rain. Uh, and we didn't mind the walk. It was nice to kind of be out and seeing things. 
uh, Friday night, I was in a t-shirt walking around. Or Friday or Saturday night? Saturday night. I was just in a t-shirt walking back to the hotel from the convention mm-hmm. center. Nice. It was a little brisk, but for I mean, for me, it was t-shirt weather. It sounds like you guys drank more than than I did, like we did when I went. No? No. I don't think so. You woke up sick. I did. I think I technically drank more that night. The no, way we talked about this, right? That was the the different you're combining stuff, right? That was the issue. I was I was spinning through I don't think I had the same beer twice. I had eight different beers and I wasn't positive the Heineken she gave me at the end was correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yes. Yeah. Uh I definitely drank more that night than I did with you guys, but it is not the most I have drank in Boston. That happened with Brandon. And I was fine. I didn't even feel drunk. That's I weird. Felt like, I felt like I really had to piss. Hmm. But I that I drank the same beer the entire time and had one shot. Hmm. But drank the same beer the entire time that one night. I was like eight beers deep in a shot. And I didn't feel drunk. And I texted one of my friends. I'm like, I don't feel anything. I feel like I really, really need to pee. Other than that, I'm fine. I probably wasn't fine. But, like, I didn't feel inebriated. Like, I definitely felt (laughs) Saturday night this year. Uh, Fantastic. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's good. I mean, I can go into those if you so wish. I mean, it's whatever you want to talk about. We can go into games if you want. It, it it's up to you. I, I am I am here to tell you the stories that may or may not have already been shared. Things Dewey might have said that you would like to be elaborated on. I honestly haven't spoken to Dewey since the, You haven't spoken to Dewey. I have not. I didn't I don't even know if he's still alive. He is. He's in Utah right now. Uh so I'll I'll run you through. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Okay. Let's start it with specifically Wednesday night. Let's go all the way back. This is going to be story time. Settle in. You got questions, ask them. I'll try to give you a quick answer because I don't want to spend too much time listening to my own voice. Wednesday night, I text them, hey, you good for tomorrow morning? Because, you know, I know how people are. You good for tomorrow morning? Yeah. What time do you want me there? Somewhere between like 6 and 6.30. Okay, cool. I hate that, but I'll be there. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Maybe not 30 minutes goes by. Hey, I have a dentist appointment during the day, so I won't be there. Thursday. Thursday. He has a dentist appointment on Thursday, so he won't be there. Now he didn't he didn't have tickets for Thursday anyway. Yeah. He's gonna have to buy them off somebody. Mm-hmm. But he tells me that, hey, I'm not going to be there. So now I'm driving out alone. And he's like, I'll meet you there. And we'll go to the hotel and whatever. I was like, okay, cool. So I drive out. Get to the hotel. Get mad at Google Maps on the way. Because I don't know if somebody's playing a prank on me in Boston. But it told me to turn right and your hotel is right there. Except that street was a one way the other way. And the street on the left was a one way pointing at each other. So I got real confused, and it just had to go up and around the corner. But I was just like, ah, Google, you've confused me. Get there. They allow me to check in early. 
it's a good time. He does the weird show me to my room thing. And I'm like, I'm not sleeping with you. <laughs> Just please stop. Uh, come back down and make my first walk for the convention center. See how far it is. And I'm going anyway, but make that walk. Make the walk, go through, see everybody. Made sure to run into love ins, played some other stuff, went to the what, What's Good Games panel, went to. Uh, who was the late panel I went to? Oh, no, the late panel I went to was What's Good. Uh, played some other stuff. Ate. Did my. What I like to do is of a, like a scouting run, kind of. Technically, Thursday is the best day to play anything because there's less people. But I do, I do like a scouting run of seeing things and. I love – I could just spend four days there alone not playing anything. It sounds really weird, but I'm a guy that will know – if I'm looking over somebody's shoulder, I'll know if I'll enjoy that game or not. If I just sit there and watch it for long enough, I'll be able to tell. And then if it looks like it's something that's super fun that I want to play, I'll, I'll deem it worth waiting for. But a lot of times too, and you've seen it, it's a two-hour wait for some of that stuff. I'm like, I'm not waiting two hours. It's not an efficient use of time. Right. So usually that's when I end up hanging around all the indies because you can usually get through the indie games pretty quick. Yeah. Like they have a good way of cycling through people. But the the big games that are at booths, I can just kind of watch for a while. Meet up with Dewey at the end. We go back to the hotel. Upon getting back to the hotel, we decide, hey, let's get a drink. We go down to the hotel bar, grab a drink, talk to the people. Some dude orders cannolis. We immediately went, that's a really good idea. But it was too late. Kitchen was closed. So we're like, we need to get cannolis one of these nights. Now the cannolis are a thing. We need to do it. Became a, a side a side quest. Cannolis, hotel. Meet up with one of his friends. Because they all want, you know, we want to go out. Okay. Basically walk back to the convention center. Okay. Like, that's how far this person was. I mean, we don't have any problem walking. Like, yes, we could Uber it. but like, we Were don't they have out it. somewhere already? Or they, were they... Were, they were supposed to be meeting with another friend. The place that... Oh, we were meeting them for dinner. That's what it was. We were meeting them for dinner at Wasangma. Some Asian, not bistro, but uh, restaurant, which where I had duck. Delicious. Duck is amazing. It was, holy shit, delicious. I could have had it just in a, a bowl of duck. You didn't need to give me the rice or the egg or anything else. Just give me duck. I'll just was it like that. ramen you had? Or? Kind of, but it wasn't a soup. Uh-huh. It was a rice bottom, duck, egg, pickled onion, which is the worst thing ever. So it was just a rice bowl. Yeah, pretty much. Delicious, though. And I had to eat the entire thing with chopsticks. I am not good with chopsticks. <laughs> but I got through it. So I was impressed and happy at myself. <laughs> she meets us there. We eat, we leave. Now we're looking for a place to drink. So I take us. It's remember where you threw the whoopie pie, a story from two years ago. If you remember enough of that night, <laughs> threw a pie. We went to Seven Eleven. You got like a oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you just yeah. rolled over and grenade tossed it. Yeah, yeah. So we were right by that building. Because that's all developed now. Mm-hmm. Those are all, everything down there is storefronts. There's no, there's like not construction where we normally are. So I'm like, okay, cool. We'll beeline it back to go by like Atlantic Garden and Whiskey Priest. Gone. They're torn down. 
I don't know if they're rebuilding or what, but they're not there. Get wrecked. And so I just went, oh shit, I don't know where to go now. That was my go those are my go to's down here. I don't know I don't know what else is around. Like you can make it all the way back to copper, but copper closes early. So I guess we're just gonna walk around and find something. Turns out there was a spot way closer we should have gone to. Right across the street from the envoy, there's something called Hop something now. That's where we should have gone. Where okay. we went was a place called the Scorpion Bar. That I'm pretty positive the bouncer laughed at us as we were walking in. We don't Prob- be- probably we don't, we don't belong. It's once again an envoy situation. We are not supposed to be there. <laughs> we get up to the bar. Bar's on the second or third level. We get up to the bar. And this this is what I've I've discussed with you already, so I'll I'll do a quick synopsis. What looks like it should be like a whiskey lounge. Rustic chandelier look hanging down from the ceiling. Big screen TV at the end of the bar that's got the college basketball game on it. Really long, uh, like lounge seating that, as it has the waves inside the inside of the wave, is like a round table, so you can have multiple people. The dance floor is no bigger than my master bedroom, which is not that big, like two hundred something square feet. And there are the most trust example of trust fund kids I have ever seen. These are the guys. This is a Thursday night. These are the guys that you know just got off work at a firm. Trust fund, my trust fund kid is. I'm not using it as like a derogatory term, but it, uh, I don't know. It's they're there. Finally, we get a bartender. She's like, "What do you guys want?" I'm like, ah, "It's kind of a high end bar, and I can't see the tap." So I went with a rum and coke, like something simple. And I can kind of judge your bar by a rum and coke, depending on how you pour it. Ask her what she what I owe her. I bought Dewey's too, both rum and cokes. She says twenty four dollars, and I went. <laughs> Not that that's I've paid more for drinks. You've been with me when we've paid more for drinks, but you could pay significantly less. Correct. So it's not like it was dam- it wasn't damaging to my wallet, but it was definitely like a, that's not what I was looking for to drink tonight. So <laughs> we we I take care of that. There is something to be said about bigger cities and their uh, choices in women, and only in that sense that obviously you increase the population and go to a high end bar. My God, you get high end women. I wonder I, how much they cost. I don't know. <laughs> I was debating asking. <laughs> My mouth was almost just dropped as I'm looking around. At, once I kind of settle myself in and my vision stops blurring from what she just told me. And I'm like, oh, my God, your other bartender is a – oh. And then I turn to my left and I see the trust fund kids again. And then I see a group kind of behind them that I didn't see before because it's dark. And it's girls wearing all black. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. They're really hot. Dewey points out to me later because they come over, not to us. They keep staring at us. But mind you, I have a guy with head tattoos with me. So <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody's checking me out, but they're definitely wondering what I'm doing with head tattoo guy and why we're in this bar. The funny thing is though, is if you if it from their perspective, they probably saw both of you guys and were like, oh man, these fucking people are probably like drug dealers or something. They're probably right, like legit the, like... There's the totally other option that we just dress the way we do and we have buku money because we do illegal things. Yeah. So it's 
It's it's both fucking parties. Dewey it's, covered in piercings and tattoos. Looks like he's ready to fucking murder someone. Yeah, Twenty four parties just staring at each other like, "Hey, what are you guys doing in here? <laughs> hey, what are you guys doing in here? You guys are really cute. You guys don't belong here." <laughs> <laughs> so Dewey points out to me at one point they go to take a picture as they're, they're like leaving and they're taking a picture kind of like in front of the logo because it's one of those big logos behind the reception thing or whatever. And one of her friend, one of her friends, walks over to one of the other girls and starts pulling her top up because her boobs were basically falling out of it. And I was just like, "Oh my god, why, why are they leaving?" <laughs> it was one of those bars where I would have loved to get in at about eight to seven o'clock at night, post up at the far end of the bar, and just drink like once every thirty minutes and watch people because <laughs> this trust fund group is drinking Bud Light aluminum cans, like the tall ones. So they're in a high-end bar but can't afford more than a Bud Light yet are dressed like they just walked out of an accounting firm. And they're all dancing. They're the whitest group I've ever seen. Now, I'm white. They're whiter. They're dancing. There's like six dudes, one girl. And they're all just kind of dancing in like a circle. And I say dancing. I mean they're moving in a circle. And then every now and then one guy will like get down with a glass bottle and like spin it in the middle of the group. And they'll just kind of keep like dancing around and then it'll stop and they'll just, you'll hear everybody go, oh, but then nothing happens. So I don't know what the point of spinning the <laughs> bottle was. <laughs> I, get, uh. I would just get real confused. And then they did the the greatest thing. They broke up, right? They all kind of, uh, so, like, it's dark whiskey bar level, you know, chandelier, stuff like that. And I'm listening to Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull, scream, hotel, motel, holiday, and like, oh. right. That's what I'm listening to. I'm listening to 2008's pop songs, and these guys are eating it up. Then they all kind of like break up, and they all are now like in twos or threes. And it's the arms over, bro. I love you, bro. You're my ride or die, bro. Let's clink metal aluminum Bud Light cans. I'm just like, oh my god, I don't want to leave, but I need to. Like, I can't be here anymore. But this is really interesting to watch. But I can't <laughs> be here. It's like a weird internal dilemma. At the same time, I'm watching five people that are closer to us on the side of the bar that are all in blazers, sport coats that have us by 20 years. There's one female and five dudes. Two dudes leave of that group. Two dudes leave. Then the other, the remaining four are kind of taking, or maybe it's four dudes and one girl, whatever. Let's say it's four dudes and one girl. Two of them leave. Then the other ones are kind of taking their time, like leaving. So the other two come back in. And then as they're all leaving, everybody's grabbing the ass of this girl. So now I'm like, am I about, am I witnessing what I think I'm witnessing? And then they all just leave, all in a group. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> I keep just like double checking with Dewey like am I seeing what I'm seeing and so I keep just like double taking like if you were watching my head it's just on a swivel just panning between all these groups that I'm trying to witness and then get verification from Dewey that I'm not insane I'm like you see this too right like what the fuck was that uh. so we finally leave there because we can't be there but once again different life or a different night, like if I was alone, there's a chance I don't leave. But then again, if we didn't have Dewey's friend, there's a chance Dewey and I don't leave. Because I have a man with head tattoos and face piercings. 
he's going to start a conversation with somebody <laughs> just because they're going to ask why or how or what is it. Most and, likely, some one of those girls will walk over and just be like, "Hey, right." Like that, and then happened. next thing you know, Dewey's slamming some chick in the back. Right, and that's <laughs> happened. That happened all weekend when him and I would be walking around and somebody would start asking about like his tattoos or whatever. Like, I'm used to it. That's fine with it. I'm totally cool. Then we leave there. We go find look for another bar. We find this really quiet Irish bar with an Irish bartender. And we finish the night there. Hotel, wake up, Saturday, walk, convention, cool, Pokemon Go the whole time. Uh, there's three stops, I think, and a gym in the convention center. All good times. Watch Xavier Woods and the Acquisitions Incorporated Dungeons & Dragons panel. He comes out, everybody's, cheese, cheese, cheese. It's a thing for his character, but it's really funny to just be in a room with giant people just chanting cheese. Yeah. And... So Friday night, we're like, all right, we need to go get drinks somewhere. Friday night's a wash. We don't get out of that panel until like 11 o'clock. Uh, his friend wasn't with us, was trying to find, went like with another one of her friends to a bar. Finally, by the time that we got back to the hotel, that went back to that bar. It was like last call. And we're just like, all right, whatever. Like, it's kind of kind of good that it's a wash because we need to just uh, relax because I'm running on fumes kind of. Saturday comes. Boom, show. I realized I screwed up and said Saturday twice. The last one was obviously Friday. You figure it out. Now we're in Saturday. Wake up, show. Cool. Yep. Get to the end. We go out. And he has her, or we, she comes with us back to the hotel. We go to the hotel bar, grab a drink there while we're deciding where we're going to go. She goes somewhere like in Cambridge or whatever. So then we go looking for a place to drink around the hotel. We take a, like, not even a full block turn around our hotel, walk past two bars that are way too packed or way too young for our, what we're looking for, turn the corner, walk past one. It's at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and this line, I'm kidding you not, is from, like, my house down past the bridge, on the line outside a bar. To get in? To get in. I never, I will never in my life understand that, unless there's a show. Or something. And that you're all waiting because you're all going in to see the show. And the show hasn't started yet. Like, that's the only time I would believe that. So we walk past two more bars. We walk past one. Nobody in it. We're like, that. that's a contender. There's like maybe 15 people in there. Walk past the next one. There's like eh, 10 people or whatever. And then at, right after we get past there, we're like, that's the one. Why are, we wa- why are we walking any further? We just passed two that don't have more than 20 people in them. That's exactly what we want. So we turn back in. There's like a group of five dudes off in a like booth table, just kind of shitting the shooting the shit. Maybe maybe seven people at the bar, three of them in one party, two of them in another, and then two of them not involved with either of the other ones. We grab a drink, sit down at like the island table behind it. The three leave, the two on the end leave. So then we switch up and go to the bar group of four girls walks in we flirt with them one tells me she loves to get hit in the ass then she runs away i'm like ah that was disappointing (laughs) if you hadn't run away it would have been a fun time at least uh then two more girls walk in and replace them sitting to our left dewey then pivots from my right after we start talking kind of pivots from my right to my left and now we're having we talked with them the rest of the night they get up to leave gave us hugs peaced out and i didn't stop drinking the entire time and woke up not feeling great the next day Sunday comes, yada, 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 hotels, boom, done. 
there's more story, but I've already told you that, and I don't need to go into the detail of the conversations I was having with those females on Saturday night on this podcast. The the dancing thing I have to, though, because that's just – I can't get it out of my head. It's burned into my vision that anytime I think about Boston, I think about the Scorpion Bar, I can just picture six accounting firm people dancing and spitting a bottle that I still don't know what for. That's what kills me. Something that happens later on in the evening, maybe. Maybe. But you kept spinning it, so at what point was it even worth it? <laughs> Some weird folk over in Boston. That's true, but I love them all the same. It did, uh, I think I talked about this with you when we were playing the other night. It did spark something in me, kind of, where I'm like, I need to just go disappear for like a weekend. Ran, like sometimes randomly, like, you know, July 31st, right? Or something like that. If that's a weekend, I don't know what it is. But like the last weekend in July and just go to like Burlington and just drink for two nights in Burlington. I don't know anybody. Nobody knows me. Find like a quiet local bar and just hang out and drink and talk to random whoever shows up and then just leave and come home. Be like, you're probably never going to see me <clears> again. Talk to you later. I'd be down for that. It would just be a fun time. Just disappear to like random locations. Oh yeah, hell yeah! Like end up in Allentown. Yeah, like basically just or get like far just... enough away that you're not in New York. Mm-hmm. Like Binghamton's out, Buffalo's out, Rochester's I mean, there's, out. There's Rochester's tons of places in like Massachusetts, Vermont, right. and all like those just places. jump over like New Hampshire. Just jump over small areas of the border around New York. Like mm-hmm. Rochester would be probably be fine, but I don't want to go all the way to Buffalo. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're going to Buffalo, you might as well just go into Canada. And right. Like... And then at a point I'm just going to Canada, but if I'm going to go to Canada, why not just go to Toronto? True. Uh, so yeah, doing, doing just small stuff like that, where it's like, what would, it, what would it really cost us to get like a cheap hotel for two nights split between two people? Speaking of, uh, this is a throwback to the previous episode. Um, there's a really good app called Hotels Tonight. Oh, that's the one that like has vacancies that night. I yeah, know like if you about. if you're into the short term travel, that's yeah, a yeah, good yeah. one. But like, just disappear to a town that you know has at least multiple bars or has a population in it. Not like drinking down here, but like go to a place that has a population, like Burlington, that is a college town, and just kind of go to some local hangouts. And just chill. Like, don't go anything that's too popular because you don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But just go talk to people that are hanging and just hang out and chill and then just leave. It's something about that just seems like really cool and fun. Mm-hmm. And what would it really cost? Like, most of my best bar experiences were, even locally, were that type of thing where, like, yeah. um, when I went to Gettysburg, like, I don't know, for whatever reason, Gettysburg, the town shuts down really early at night. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you find yourself in a bar with, like, maybe four other people drinking at the bar, and it's cool. Um, even, like, going to Varick Street. Like, we went on a Wednesday night, and it was my best my best Varick Street experience ever because it was, like, literally five people in the bar. It was me, my roommate, and this, like, older guy, and we just shot the shit all night and just drank, and it was yeah. fantastic. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. I just want to go somewhere. And shoot the shit, but I also don't want the chance that I potentially see that person again. Yeah, I want like if- to a certain extent, it almost makes the interaction more genuine. Right. 
if I saw that person again, depending on the situation, like if I'm talking to a female that I find myself enjoying, then I would want to see that person again. But even the two, specifically the two that Dewey and I were talking to on Saturday night, they're really enjoyable and a lot of fun. But because we, we would never see them again, it allows all four of us to just say whatever the hell we want. Yeah. There was no... Not like worry or anything, but they're like, where are you from? We're like, New York. They're like, wait, you're from New York? I'm like, yeah. You're never going to see us again. And they're like, perfect. I need an honest man's opinion. And then they would just start asking <laughs> questions like, we'll tell you whatever you want. But because of where we were, like in that bar, I mean, they're like, you guys are drinking here? I thought you were locals. Like, why would you? I'm like, no, because I'm not going to go. I'm not going to wait in a line for 45 minutes. What am I, insane? But yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun to just disappear to uh, just over Pennsylvania or just over like Ro- as far out as Rochester going west. And then anywhere else is kind of a gamble. Jump into Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire. I would even I would even take a weekend and drive to Maine. Like if I could get somebody if I could convince somebody to do that with me. It's like a six hour journey though. Yeah. But disappear up to Maine during the summer. Maine during the summer, dude. Go get seafood then drink in random bars with people and then come home name me a better weekend you'd be hard pressed unless it was hookers and blow in like somewhere <laughs> hookers and blow so do you want to shall we talk games now so we talk about what the real reason i went to boston yeah let's hear about the game games games god that's a reference that not many people are going to get so i usually break this uh chart down I say chart. It's not really a chart. I usually break this uh, document down by known quantities up top, and then uh, stuff that I saw or whatever that isn't necessarily a known quantity. I might have known of it prior, but it's going to be a lot of we'll see how it happens. See what happens here. Uh, so Sony did have Days Gone. Uh, we didn't play Days Gone. How big was the Sony booth? Sony booth was pretty big. It was like there were like two booths, kind of. So, similar setup to previous years? Yes, except uh, vertical, not horizontal. Okay. Uh, They had days gone. They had people dressed up as, like, zombies. And they had a chain link fence section. Pick it up, nerd. Yeah, there was no no moment (laughs) of that this year. They had people dressed up uh, like zombies and and doing zombie things and, you know, yelling and whatever. Shambling. Shambling, but only shambling inside the fence. They weren't on the floor, which was probably... For the better, uh, they had a really, really lifelike statue there of I think the Days Gone character, and then you could play Days Gone too. But the line, I was just like, I'm not, I don't need to play Days Gone. It's not, you know, it looks good, looks pretty, but I don't need to play it. Okay. Dreams was there, but it looked like that was being shown more as a. It was there, and it definitely had a corner of the booth. But it constantly seemed like they were streaming or trying to demo it for people walking by and whatever. I don't know that you could actually go hands-on. But I still think that's the wrong way to show that game. It's uh, I think it's going early access very, very shortly. Right. And I I just think that it's still hard Mm. to show that game at at a PAX or something. Because it's one of those where I think it requires you, because you're basically asking people to build things it requires you to have like an hour with it or like 30 minutes to really understand what they want you to actually do mm-hmm. not just play this game library that other people are making like no no they want you to create in it so i don't know i don't know that's necessarily the right spot for it but 
it didn't ever seem to be lacking people standing around, but it also wasn't having the biggest crowd by any means. Yeah. Uh, notable mentions. The Man of Madan, or Madan, whatever. That's the next game from the people that did Until Dawn. Yeah, there. What, is it, what, what was it called again? That saga or something? The... It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't remember what they titled the. I know what you're talking about, but uh, it definitely looks like Until Dawn. Not specifically Until Dawn, but like it has that same. Looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. Story driven. Same make, veneer. Make choices. Uh, definitely creepy. The two. I watched a couple of people play. One was playing this woman, and I think I think they were. Well, I mean, everybody was obviously in the same level, but. There were two characters, and one person was playing as the girl and like walking forward. And I don't remember if she was walking over like a water spot or if something happened or whatever. And hands start coming out of the water and stuff to drag her down, and like all that stuff. That's just uh, almost Lovecraftian kind of like creepiness. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, this could get this could get some good, you know, scares going." The Oculus booth is the only time I'm going to mention VR, probably. The Oculus booth was massive. No Vive this year? No no Vive booth. They might okay. have had Vive demos and stuff back at like the VR area. But I'm talking Oculus had a booth. Hmm. A gigantic booth right behind PlayStation. That's interesting. Yeah. So they had a giant booth. And the way they did the booth was they were cubes, glass cubes. And you walked into those cubes to play the VR game. So you are fully store-windowed for everyone to watch you play a VR game. It's not for me, but it's for me to watch. Yeah, it's a cool idea. I just don't want to be in the box. Yeah. Were they selling headsets there? I don't remember seeing like a merch booth or anything for them. So that's interesting. So. That would have been really bad from if I was there and they were, I'd be like, Oh, I could get it right now. I'm tempted. Yeah. Uh, more Sony booth, just that they had crash team racing, which looks really good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, not that anything would less would be expected after we saw crash and uh, Spyro. Yeah, those both looked good. So yes, Crash Team Racing looks good. It's so uh, interesting because it looks they both looked exactly how I remember them looking, but obviously they didn't right, look. But like obviously, that. if you put them side by side, they look nothing alike. Uh, they had MLB the Show and a bunch of other of their smaller games were on the demos that we've seen before, where they have multiple rows of games happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitch. I don't remember there being a Twitch booth, which is a weird statement, but I don't remember seeing one or seeing like an actually big, like we've seen in years past, they have a big booth. Yeah. Normally they have one that's because they have a big hangout booth that they have people come through for autographs from streamers. And then they have a lounge for the streamers to just can hang out, hang out in stuff like that. Don't remember seeing that this year, but Mixer had a booth. Interesting. Facebook gaming had a booth. Interesting. Yes. Discord had a booth. Hmm. So it was all all interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, the mixer booth basically was reminiscent of like what a Twitch booth would be, but a mixer version. Uh, the Discord one was more of just kind of like a hangout lounge that had a merch store. They had a sweet hoodie, but I couldn't get one because every day in the first like 10 minutes, they were out. Classic. I mean, that's just how it is, trying to buy anything that actually looks really cool. It's going to be gone in the first 10 minutes, and if you're not there at 6 a.m., you're not going to get it. Oh, well. Like, you know, it's what it is. I don't need it. Same way I didn't need to buy a Corsair mouse. But was I tempted? (laughs) I looked at you like, did you really? (laughs) (laughs) I I really wanted to. It was the Corsair Iron Claw. And it's basically my mouse. Yeah. But it's ergoed, so my thumb sits in. And it felt so naturally good that I was like, I don't want to ever use another mouse again. This feels amazing. My issue is always my pinky. It didn't even it, that didn't even ever become a thought to me for this. Hmm. I I put my hand on it and just went, oh no! And the guy looked at me. He's like, it feels good, doesn't it? I was like, it feels too good. <laughs> he's like, I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> uh, what else do I have here? Square Enix had their normal booth. A lot of Final Fantasy stuff. Pretty sure there was a Final Fantasy card game that was being shown. I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, so I don't care. Uh, Alienware, I don't remember seeing. Coursera, I just talked about. Devolver had stuff. I know I wrote more on them later. I didn't write anything lower, so I'm going to say it now. They did bring uh, my friend Pedro. So that was cool to watch that get played. Uh, and then they had another one that I think was called Hang In There. Or Hang or something like that. And it was a co-op similar to, uh, you know, Mount Your Friends. Mm-hmm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
it was similar to that, except you were like this long thing with arms and trying to swing each other around to get to places and stuff like that. So it was, it was an interesting one. Does my sound seem really low? Um, yeah, kind of. We both were pretty low. Cause I don't feel like I'm being low. Well, you are further away from your mic than normal. I yeah, because I was trying not to blow it up like I normally do. Anyway, uh, the the weirdest thing, though, easily. Well, actually, that's not true. The weirdest booth I saw was a THQ Nordic booth. Because it's just weird to see. Making moves. It's like, they, they were gone. And now we've always joked they just keep buying things and yada, yada, yada. But to see them actually have a booth is just so, like, my mind gets confused. I'm like, hey, that can't be real. That can't be real. No, it's real. It's really THQ Nordic. Just not THQ Nordic. Uh, they did have Biomutant, though. Which was my favorite raccoon game of 2019. Okay. That's the one that we saw, I think, during E3 last year. And I went, yes, this. <laughs> uh, it and it looked good. It looked like uh, good combat uh, with good movement. We'll see what really happens when it comes out, but something I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then, is there anything else I know I didn't write about below? Ubisoft had a booth, but it was mostly just a merch booth. Uh, and I think that's it. I mean. There weren't anything. Nintendo had their normal booth where they have a bunch of stuff, and then there's a hype man yelling on stage at a certain point that clogs the entire walkway because people can't walk by it. They had those sweet cars. I guess I should mention that. They had three sports cars all dressed up a Porsche GT3, I believe what was an i8. And then uh, uh, Benz. And they were sexy. What were they for? Couldn't tell you. They were just there? Yep. All right. And I was just like, yep, no idea what you guys are selling, but those look really cool. Uh, There was a game. I know it's not in the document because I fucking forgot about it until right now. There was a game called Struggling. Struggling basically looks like you're playing a fetus with three faces, but two really long arms. And each arm is controlled by a different player. So two players. One controls one arm, one controls the other. And you have to, like, crawl through a level, like a 2D-style level. And, yeah. Yeah, it it looked absolutely disgusting, but it looked really funny. Sounds disturbing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Before I get down into unknown quantities, I also did run into Aaron Blyhart. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is. Sounds familiar, but... Uh, he is Conan's game advisor on Clueless Gamer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I ran into him and talked to him for a bit. Really cool dude. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Super chill. Knew exactly... Like, you see some people, and they're like kind of... They're not posery. Yeah. But they... They play to a triple A level. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, you see what Microsoft's doing? I'm like, ah, that's not what I'm here for. We had already seen struggling. Mm-hmm. Did you suggest it to no, him? No, no, no. He suggested it to us. Oh wow, that's cool. Because he asked what something 
cool you've seen on the show floor. And so we mentioned a couple things. One that I'll talk about later that was really funny. Uh, and he's like, have you guys seen Struggling yet? Or no, he said, have you seen the Aborted Fetus game yet? Or something like that. Yeah, I, that's, I can see you immediately being like, what? Uh, yeah, I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And then I started describing the game struggling where you were moving with two arms. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the fetus game. And I was like, we would hang out really well together. <laughs> we would definitely be able to get a beer and have a lot of fun. Uh, he was a really cool dude. That's good. That's cool. It's one of those where I was like, you ever need somebody that is not internet famous, popular at all, and loves to play games to be on a co-op couch with Cohen or Conan? You can just call me. I'll fly myself somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but I'll do it. Uh, it was his first PAX East. Well, Conan's based on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he flew in Friday night, was there Saturday, and then left either Saturday night or Sunday morning. Like, Was he there quick. for himself? Yeah. I mean, he had a VIP badge, but he was, I think, only there for him. He was just there to be Check there. Check things out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did say he did want to do Days Gone for a Clueless Gamer, so mm-hmm. that'll be cool. Yeah. I have the insider knowledge that he's going to do a AAA title for <laughs> Clueless Gamer. <laughs> but it, it it was really cool because I, I also screw – I'm not going to say that. Uh, but I was talking to him because he looked at me and just kind of did like the – I was clearly looking at him because I had – no. as he started to walk by, I was like, I know who that is. Yeah. And then he looks over and I just kind of nod and he nods. Then he looks back over at me again, like, wait, do I know that person? And I was just like, hey, Aaron. And then he just comes over and stands next to me. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? It's good to see you. And I'm just like, we're back to immediately being two friends that neither of us know who the other person technically is. Uh, the way you look, he probably thought that, like, you had met him before or something. And it's like, oh, fuck. Now he's like, uh, I guess I'll yeah. go say hi. And it's like, like, no, I've never met you before, but I'm also going to not address you as, like, Mr. Blyhart. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was just it was a it's the same interaction I've had with anybody that I've that I've met. It's always been just super chill. Like I don't think there's anybody I've met that's ever been a dick. There's one person I met that I wasn't exactly thrilled uh, with the interaction. It wasn't bad, but it definitely could have been better. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna mention who that person was. Oh no, because I do like him. I just kind of wish it had been a better interaction. He's just kind of a dry person. And I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. I know. <laughs> it wasn't anybody that I met with you. It wasn't any of my actual internet personalities, and you wouldn't be able to guess it if you if you thought. That's random. Was it at a PAX? Yes. Before I brought you. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You, I'm telling you, you wouldn't guess this person because I don't. I don't know that I've mentioned that I've met this person before. But yeah, him. Oh, well. Yeah, so. Unknown quantities. And these are slightly unknown. Not 100% unknown. But that's not the point. The first game is going to be Totally Reliable Delivery Service. From one of my favorite publishers, Tiny Build. Uh, the dev is Were Five Games. It's going to be on PC, and the release date is slotted currently for July fifteenth. Uh, to get the quote specifically from the devs, to quote them, quote, "Delivery attempted." That is the totally reliable delivery service guarantee. 
TRDS is a ragdoll physics simulation about terrible package delivery couriers working together using odd machinery, useful gadgets, and the wonders of physics to reliably deliver packages to their destination. Now, nobody else will be able to see this, but for Matt's consideration, I do have little pictures thrown in with all the games that I am talking about. Uh, we might have seen this before. I don't know if I've brought this up to you before, this game. No, I don't uh, think basically so. Basically, Human Fall Flat, Gang Beasts, physics style, <clears throat> but you need to deliver packages. Is it an open world? Somewhat? Uh, I think it is somewhat, but it's similar to the... the Human Fall Flat style, where like they drop you in and it's like deliver this package, and then there's multiple ways. So it's a it's a puzzle game of sorts, right? Okay. I watch. I was watching some people flying planes and trying to drive boats because they had to deliver a package to an island or something. I was just like, I am so like confused, but in because at the time I was watching children play, and so they're all getting fascinated the idea that you can latch yourself onto this uh, carrot or not carousel um, Ferris wheel. And they're just latching onto the bat, the baskets and just riding around. I'm like, oh my god, will somebody try to deliver the package? But that's, you know. Smack them out of the way, fucking kids. <sighs> so that's that's what I'm hoping we can get into. I mean, if it's anything remotely like um, Humans Fall Flat, I'm interested. So I think it will be like that, except with more of a goal than just get through the level. Yeah. Deceive Inc. is number two. I don't know much about this one at all, other than the fact that you go undercover as the world's greatest spies in a tense multiplayer game of subterfuge. It basically looked like you were playing multiplayer, and you... It it reminded me of Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed's multiplayer, where you'd be dressed up as somebody else versus who you actually are, and then somebody would... You'd get like a... Somebody would get a a target as like you, and they have to figure out which one is actually you, but you're dressed like somebody else. So you're trying to figure out which people are player characters, and it just looked like mayhem because you could just be killing NPCs and trying to do all this stuff. It looks like it would be silly. interesting. Yeah, interesting concept for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, the next game is a Dewey and Nate recommended video game. Not that also to- so was a totally reliable moving simulator or delivery service. Same thing. This game is called Moving Out. It is uh, developed by SMG Studio. It is coming to PC in sometime in 2019. It is a chaotic moving simulator. Become a fart. A fut- furniture arrangement relocation technician. That's cute. It's funny. <laughs> uh, so basically, picture overcooked, kind of, uh, but you have to move out. Uh, you have, depending on the, you can play one to four player co-op. Or sorry, you can play one to four players and co-op, obviously. Uh, you, there's like a shipping container in the level somewhere. And you have X amount of objects. The number of objects scales by the more people that are playing. And you have to get those objects into the shipping container. The faster you do it, the better star score you get. And then you move on to the next level. Heavier objects require two people. There might be uh, certain like gimmicks to certain levels. So we're one place that was a haunted house. So if you didn't throw 
you can like throw light objects and stuff. But if you didn't put like a chair in the shipping container and you just left it sitting somewhere, it would just get up and start running around. So you had to chase down the chair and then put it back in the shipping container and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a fun time. Hmm. Interesting. Another one I'm looking forward to. And it would get really weird sometimes too because it's it's overcooked but with more physics in terms of like player movement and stuff like that. So you'd be trying to yank on this really heavy object and just get stuck in a doorway and then it goes into the, okay, I don't know how we have to fix this and now everybody's just trying to grab onto parts of the bed and like turn it and it just causes chaos. PAX is always a uh, plethora of good multiplayer, like fun little games. Oh, yes. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the next game is Sayanaya Wild Hearts. Sayonara Wild Hearts. I think I said Sayanaya. Uh, it is published by Annapurna Interactive, who have also published things like what's, What Remains of Edith. This is the problem with me talking the entire time. I start to just I hit a point. Yeah. The mouth just stops functioning. It's published by Annapurna Interactive who has made such critically acclaimed games as What Remains of Edith Finch, which I have spoken about on previous podcasts. Beautiful game. The dev is Samogo. It will be coming to the Switch. Ignore the part where I said release date. Pretty sure it's fake. That's from the old document. I just was highlighting and refilling things. Uh, I think it's out now or out soon. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a euphoric music video dream about being awesome, riding motorcycles, skateboarding, dance battling, shooting lasers, wielding swords, and breaking hearts all at 200 miles an hour. It's got like a vaporwave aesthetic to it. Uh, I played it on the Switch that they had there, and it seems like it's going to be a really chill, chill experience. Just kind of like relax. There's music going on, and the music's really good, but you're just kind of having this chill, like, go through this world thing, hit buttons at the right time, yada, yada. I was going to ask, is it, like, a rhythm-based thing? It's not a rhythm-based thing in the traditional sense. You're not playing to a rhythm, but the music is definitely tied to, like, the level and stuff. But you're not not playing, like, Guitar Hero or uh, Beat Saber or something like that. Uh the level I played, you're on a motorcycle, and you can just shift lanes depending on the on the scene. And so you are, well, I say shift lanes. You basically have free movement. It's not like you hit left and only go left one lane. So you have free movement around, but you're trying to collect these little symbols, as many of them as you can or whatever. And then there would be like a, a quick time event where the person that you were chasing would turn back. And if you hit a, the closer the circle closed down onto a, you know, you get points for having it the closer it could be. And then you did like a little animation and you just kind of kept going. It seemed like it would be a really chill, fun, like music, good, good techno music vaporwave game. So people that look for like those chill games or just want to not have to think too much. That's definitely right up the, their alley. Can I steal that water from you? Cause I'm dying. Yes. You can keep it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Boo. 
Yeah, it sounds interesting. Like uh, almost like uh, audio surf or like race to the sun kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The Rift Breaker is the next title. Now, I see a giant mech. I'm interested. So you can see a giant mech. Now, if you're me, you just make anthem jokes the entire time. And that's what I did as Dewey played. I just made anthem jokes. I was like, these guys did mech combat better than anthem did. Ha ha ha. Not the point. What this is, it is developed by Exor Studios, who I believe is out of Poland. Uh, they are coming to PC, Xbox, and PS4. No release date yet. Uh, the Rift Breaker is a base-building survival game with action RPG elements. You are an elite scientist commando. There's a... How do I get those skilled trees in most worlds? Scientist commando inside an advanced mecha suit capable of dimensional rift travel. Hack and slash countless enemies, build up your base, collect samples, and research new inventions to survive. I'm in. So you play as this top-down, kind of more isometric 2D. So you're at like a 45-degree angle here. And you're in the suit and kind of... it's, It's a weird mix between like Helldivers and StarCraft. So you have a base, you go out, kill a bunch of things, right? Get resources, yada, yada. And then that allows you to build other improvements on top of your base and stuff like that. So you're constantly, you have all these menus to build all this stuff, turrets, walls, whatever. And then you're also going out because you have this, a bunch of abilities to just kill things and you're helping defend these waves that are trying to attack you and stuff like that. Seems like it'll be pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds uh, sounds like a good one. I don't remember seeing anything about multiplayer, but that definitely would be interesting if you could like co-op a map or something. You're like, hey, you take care of this. I'm going to go over and take care of this other base. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you you defend the base. I'm going to go gather resources. Yeah. That type of thing. Or like, we're having you're having two bases getting attacked at the same time. Got to go. You could like, yeah, and the the rift travel thing was. Uh, he had to go. Dewey played, and you had to go put uh like this, create this other base away from main base, mm-hmm. and then in order to get back to help defend main base, you put up a rift and just travel right back, so you don't have to go through that whole run back. The next game is one that's high on both Dewey and I's list, and it's high on my list because I have a weird obsession with this shit. But who doesn't? Okay, fair. Fair. <laughs> the name of the game is Chernobylite. I didn't put Dewey's other game in here. I'm going to put it right. I'm going to insert a game after this, but that's, you know. Name of this game is Chernobylite. The publisher, the publisher is The Farm 51. It's coming to PC. It's going to be two, to be announced release date, but it is headed to Kickstarter soon. Chernobyl Light is a science fiction survival horror experience mixing oh, excuse me, mixing the free exploration of its disturbing world with challenging combat, unique crafting, and non-linear storytelling. Try to survive and reveal the twisted secrets of Chernobyl in the 3D scanned recreation of the real exclusive exclusion zone. That's pretty intense. So they actually scanned and I was talking with the dev for a while about this one. They 
Dewey played, and I was watching him while I was talking with this dev who doesn't speak much English. Like, English, definitely second language. They're Polish. Uh, and they scanned where they could with this 51 technology and all that stuff. And it looks like you're walking through Chernobyl. It was it was funny. It was really fun, like funny to see it. Mm-hmm. You're like I'm not there, but I'm I'm there. Like yeah, that's a real thing. I know that's a real thing. At one point, you are uh, in this tower, and you look out the side of it, and you can see the his not historic, uh, well known Chernobyl shot, where you see the one like four story four story building that's in its gray just there and the abandoned Ferris wheel and you just see that and you're like I'm there. Uh the way they get you rather than walk you around, the way they get you to the scanned areas, they have this like dimensional travel thing. And the way the guy's talking about it, apparently it's an actual thing. He's like, you can Wikipedia everything I'm telling you. Like, it's all a thing. Based on Chernobylite is actually apparently what is still potentially thought to be in the reactor. Like, the meltedness that's just there that you can't touch or you will basically die. That's what they've named that. So using that is from some scientist theory that you could potentially tear dimensional rifts. Like, it's all slightly, you know... So it's there's, there. like, theoretical science that... That suggests that if you had that much radioactive shit, you could do some fucking weird things. Yeah. And so that's how he... That's how they get you around the map, is that you are a scientist that was there, and you have, like, this ability to, like, rift walk, essentially. Uh, but the idea is that you're going back to Chernobyl because you need to find out what happened to your wife, I think. And there's supernatural shit going on. And I was like, what do you mean supernatural? I was like, is it ghosts or is it like actual creatures or is it like both? Am I going to run into radioactive monsters or am I going to run into just like fucking radioactive visions that are creepy as shit? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you'll see. And I was like, ah, you bitch. (laughs) Uh, Uh. And then there are AI like in the world or whatever because you have to have somebody to fight, I guess, right? But you can apparently, based on like dialogue options or whatever, you could just get them to be allies with you. Or you can do what Dewey did and piss them off and have to try to get into a gunfight with six people in a game that's not meant to be a shooter. <laughs> so stuff like that gets interesting. Uh, so is it like a walking simulator of sorts? Or is it like... Kind of, but more like walking horror survival. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because, I mean, yeah, you're doing a lot of walking. There's no real, like, running or anything. But you're... But there's not really... It's not meant to be, like, combat-oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not meant... There's definitely situations, I think, where you don't have a choice but probably to shoot somebody. So is it, like, Outlast-esque? Yeah, ask, yeah. Except 100% in Chernobyl. Actual Chernobyl. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's very cool. Yeah, it it was really cool. And it was also really cool to talk to him. Because you could tell he was passionate, really into it. Yeah. Once I, I think you'd off, have I, to be. Once I got him off Facebook, it took me a minute. Off Facebook, he was on his phone, and just on. I could see he was just on Facebook, and I'm like standing next to him because I don't want to interrupt him. And be like, hey, 
So I just kept waiting for him to finally put his phone off Facebook away. And then finally, once he did, I was like, yeah, so with the, and he just, and then he just kept yeah. going. But it was just, it was just a funny thing because he set to do it up and he just immediately goes to his phone and starts going on Facebook. I'm like, I want to ask you questions. But I, also I guess that's not it. like a normal thing, like too normal for yeah. people to just be like, talk to me. Yeah. I mean, I necessarily, usually sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm like, I clearly fucking understand what I'm looking at right now. Yeah. But I'm like, you guys actually scanned Chernobyl. Like, how did you get in? And, and he was explaining the, all the stuff you have to do to get in and out of there. You have to get scanned and all the, you know, all that stuff. I was like, man, interesting. The game that I didn't write down and I forgot. I need to give me one second. Okay. It's called Lust from Beyond. Now. In terms of the weird shit we played. This takes the cake. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen at a PAX. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen somebody put their hands on while I'm standing in the room. Dewey played this game because I just couldn't do it. I was like, I don't have any interest to play this game, but I'm just going to laugh while you do it. I had one person think I was a dev. That was weird. Because I was just, the way I was standing behind Dewey and just kind of watching him play, somebody walked by and was like, hey man, really love the artwork. Nice job. And I was just like, thanks. I was like, I, what am I going to tell you? No? Like, I appreciate it. It's not mine. So, it is a Lovecraftian sensual horror game. I feel like we've talked about this before. Oh, we haven't talked about this before. We've talked about like Lovecraftian games before. Yeah. But have I ever talked about an orgy happening in the middle of PAX? Why does this sound familiar? I might have I might have discussed this with you before. Maybe. Okay. Continue. Since having been there or coming back. Uh you awake in a chamber and you remove something from the lower half of your body. Whether it's your abdomen, like it was plugged into your belly button, or it was plugged into your genitals, I don't know. But it just shows you pulling it off. Almost like the good old, you know, like we had to keep them alive, so that was your way you were hooked in to the matrix. You get out of that, you're in this really like clearly Lovecraftian, not tentacle room, but in inside of a body looking room. You walk out of that, you end up in a mansion and you have to navigate this mansion while finding clues or items or whatever we get into one room and there is a man with two heads having sex with a woman we are in the middle of packs the middle of the show floor and that is happening okay only it is blurred like chinese porn so genitals are are blurred chest is blurred on the female that's it you, it's not like a question of what's happening. It's well, it's pretty well documented in history of what's happening. Still super weird, right? We're like, I almost don't want to look away. But at the same time, I want him to stop looking at what we're looking at because there's a crowd. <laughs> yeah. So we keep walking. 
we go up into the attic. In the attic is real quick. If people haven't figured it out yet, I said Lovecraftian sensual horror game. It's gonna get sexual real quick here. If you want, skip ahead for like three minutes. I'll be done. He walks upstairs. I heard that about you. Three minutes. <laughs> Thirty seconds. Uh you get upstairs, and he goes in the attic that I don't think we were supposed to be in yet because nothing's really ha- there's nothing up there except for a table that has two dildos at either end of it. Just pointed straight up. You're like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then you see the dildo machine turned off, but it's there. Okay. And you're like, this is all super weird. How do they have this on the show floor at PAX? We go back downstairs. We come upon an orgy. I'm not joking. Dude hitting a girl from behind. Another girl, different chair, pleasuring herself. Two other girls behind them just having at it with each other. And I'm like, what is happening? And how was this on the show floor? There's no dev around, which I don't think they wanted to be there. I feel like they were almost like, they're like, cool. I'll submit it, but I don't want to be there because I don't want to deal with whatever potentially could come out of this. You find some guy that looks like they were having some cult orgy because everybody's got like the animal masks on and stuff like that. You know, Lovecraft. And you find this guy that's dressed in robes. You talk to him real quick. He's basically like, there's a demon around here. And you've kind of seen it. Like, it's this really just weird gangly looking thing. He's like, "That's it's here to destroy and eat people. You have to warn the others. So you go back to warn the others. You know where the orgy's happening. It's in the room behind you. You turn into the orgy room. Nobody's there. And you're like, oh, great. Lovecraftian horror time. Now you see blood on the floor. And you're just like, ah, great. Dewey jumped playing this game. It's the only game I think he jumped playing. You go upstairs. You go. You just have to start following the blood. And you see like shadows dashing on the wall of this creature like running through hallways. But you don't actually see him yet. He goes back up into the attic. One of the girls is up there with the machine and is just dead. The machine just keeps going, but she's dead. She's done. You're like, that. okay, that's a thing. You see more blood, goes into a different door. You go into that door. It's basically like this house of mirrors situation where you're constantly going through hidden doors but end up back in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he sees the shadow of the creature and it's like clearly right outside the window to the left. So he doesn't get spooked by that because then you just see the creature and it's like, oh, it's there. Yeah. Obviously, I saw the shadow. He comes downstairs and as he's coming down to the bottom of the stairs, the thing skitters across the bottom of the stairs and just hauls off. And he just, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) But dude, what? There's a trailer for it on Steam if you want to see it. I'll check it out at some point. (laughs) I'm not going to play it, but I'm just saying. Hey, you should stream it. Yeah, I think Twitch TOS is going to have that banned. Another game uh, was called Light Fingers. Its dev is Numismatic. It's coming to Switch, and it's out now, I believe. Uh, Played on a magical clockworks game board, this turn-based multiplayer game has real-time action and devious opportunities for misdirection, all in the pursuit of securing more loot than your opponents. For friends among thieves, bragging rights for the most deft are the biggest steal of all. So you can kind of see the artwork there. 
Uh, and it looks basically just like you're playing kind of a multiplayer board game where the idea is just to screw over your opponents with like cards you get and stuff like that. And there's like little mini games and you're just trying to get as much loot as you can by the end of the game. That's what it looks like. There's another game called Blood Roots. I was told I needed to play this one by our social media person. Blood Roots is made by Paper Cult. It's coming to PC and consoles sometime in 2019. In Blood Roots, you'll smash, slash, sorry, you'll smash, slice, crush, blast, crack, slam, burst, break, split, slit, gut, tear, gash, gouge, scoop, cut, chop, dice, hash, grind, and more in this game. It's a roguelike, I believe, uh, where you, oh my god, Google Docs, please stop fucking with me right now. Uh, so you, you can see in that picture there, he's riding on top of a barrel. And your whole thing is to just kill enemies using creative. There's a bunch of objects you can use to throw at people or hit people with. Use all the objects. Kill everybody in the level. And that's how you get out of the level. And you just kind of keep going that way. Definitely seems like it'll be a fun game. Uh, but I want to see more when it's actually fleshed out, like how long it is and stuff like that. Because I don't want it. I want it to almost be harder than PAX was. Because there was one guy. I don't know. This this is going to sound elitist, but there was one guy two seats down from me playing that you could tell was having a slightly more difficult time than I was. And when he completed a section, I don't know how many times he had died, but when he completed a section, he was like doing really hardcore fist pumps, like way more than my fist pump. Just like, yes, yes. And then I played the same thing. I died once because I was being stupid. And then I just cleared the whole thing in the next go. And I was like, oh, okay. So I don't know if I necessarily want it to be harder. I think I just want more enemies in the level. So that way it's not, it's rather manageable now. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be a little bit more unmanageable. When you're going to give me so many weapons to use to kill people and you only put five people in the level, let's get some more. Fling to the finish. This is a game that Dewey and I dominated. The dev is Split Side Games. It's coming to PC and Switch. It is going to be on Kickstarter and then hopefully coming in 2019. Fling to the finish is a cooperative racing game where you're tethered to your best friend or worst enemy. Get up close and personal with your partner as you share a controller to maneuver two halves of an energetic duo. Teams race through crazy obstacle courses across many different worlds, each with unique hazards to conquer. That's supposed to be a GIF. I don't know if it's playing for you. It is. Okay, cool, because it's not on mine. So you see what's happening then. You're tethered to together and you're racing the other screen through that level. It actually looks pretty interesting. It is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we only played it the one time. Uh, him and I both got on the same controller. And we're both like, we were doing our good old, all right, we're going to win this. So we're watching behind and we're like, okay, so if you do this, you do this. Okay, so what side of the controller do you want? And like had this whole thing pre-gamed. And we smoked the two people that sat down with us. <laughs> but we're also just able to have that conversation and just be good. Yeah. But. It was really funny. We're able to just be good. That's what you just said, basically. 
I mean, you give me enough time to learn. The next one is the one that we recommended to Aaron Blyhart because it was the funny one that we ran into. The name of this game is Later Daters. Later Daters, developed by Bloom Digital Media, is coming to PC and Switch sometime in 2019. And it is, some people seem to think that over the age of 40, life is boring and romance is dead. Well, (laughs) we don't believe that. Through a deeply romantic and sexy interactive romance set at a senior's residence, Later Daters offers players new ways to think about time and what they want to make of their lives. The characters in Later Daters aren't always straight or married. They are not necessarily grandparents and don't subscribe to stereotypes of hemorrhoid cream, sensible shoes, and daytime bingo. It's a dating sim in a fucking old folks home. That's going to, uh, I'm sure it makes for some interesting situations. It was really funny because it was funny because we were playing on the Switch and Dewey was playing it or was controlling, but I was just yelling over his shoulder the whole time. And it's, we also realized like him and I have never played a dating sim. I don't think, I know I haven't. I don't know if, I don't think he has, but it also makes us immediately realize why we can't because every, the way to get people to like, date you or sleep with you in a dating sim is to be nice and all that stuff but every option we're reading we constantly want to just keep choosing the one that's like fuck off i don't want to deal with you right now and i'm like no we have to be nice it's the only way we get anywhere in this game otherwise we will just continue to die alone (laughs) but every time our gut reaction was just to be like no Hmm. what no get out who are you piss off well obviously all these dating sims are not made right then or not made for me which is okay uh, the next game is a game called Rad. It's being published by Bandai Namco, and it's developed by Double Fine. It's coming to PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox. And it has a summer release date, hopefully, and a beta sign-up, which I am signed up for. In conjunction with Bandai Namco, we are proud to bring you Rad, a 3D action roguelike set in the post-post-apocalyptic world where humanity has faced Armageddon not once, but twice. In conjunction with Bandai Namco, we are proud to bring you a thing that I just completely fucking read, and that is doubled up twice in my own document. Noise. <laughs> I almost just I almost finished it until I read myself ahead fast enough. I was like, yeah. no, same thing. Uh, so this one actually looked really cool because it's not vaporwave again, but it's that neon colors, and it's procedurally generated levels in a roguelike. That you're playing with like a bat and melee hitting things through the whole thing. It looked really cool. And the way I was trying to talk to one of the... I was talking to one of the publishers actually because the devs were busy with their own thing. Uh, you could, he's like, those are the devs. They made the game. Like you can ask them. And I, but they were like in the middle of an interview. I was like, I can't really just walk over and ask them in the middle of an interview. So I'm talking to the publishers. And I was like, the way that they... Because it's procedurally generated, you'd have some things like Diablo where you'd end up inside a building. And you can understand... Blatant end right there. You can understand how you hide procedurally generated in, in a room like that because you can separate things with doors. Yeah. So you can, like, I say cheat in air quotes, build tiles like that. They had ones that were outside levels that were not just like giant open areas that they were procedurally spawning trees and stuff on. They were like, there were a bunch of bridges and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't, this looks so good that I can't tell where tiles are. Mm-hmm. 
Like it looks really smooth. Like you actually purposely just built this level and didn't procedurally generate that level. Mm-hmm. Like it looked really good. It looks really cool. I'm actually really looking forward to that one. Dewey's game that he's all about is Binding of Isaac. So of course he would like the next game called Undermine. It is developed by Thorium Entertainment. It's going to be coming to PC and release date is to be announced. Undermine is an action-adventure roguelike with a few RPG-ish elements tossed in. Delve into the Undermine as a lowly peasant seeking fortune and freedom. Each journey promises challenge, discovery, riches, and untimely death. And that's okay, though, because your belongings will be passed on to the next peasant, who will hopefully do slightly better. (laughs) It very much has a... Like Binding of Isaac feel because it's exactly the same thing. You're top down, going through each room, clearing enemy, get to a point, boss fight. Yep, cool, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he was all about it. He, we were watching two other people play before he got a chance to play, and he made sure to shit talk and say, "I'm going to ruin this boss," and then promptly got ruined by the boss. <laughs> uh, so I was really, I was a fan of that. Uh, he did in any of the games. We played one game. I don't remember the name of it now because I didn't get the guy's card. Uh, our record against each other was two and one. He did beat me. Uh, our record against the two of us versus anybody else, we dominated. And it wasn't close. So it was, it was a fun weekend. I really wish I could remember the other game we played uh, that we played against each other because you played as... It was a momentum-based game. You played as two heroes and the whole thing was momentum driven so the faster you went the more damage you did Mm -hmm. so you'd be just trying to bounce around and cause like you had ways to dash and so you'd try to dash punch and stuff like that it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. i can't remember the name of that game though but it was a lot of fun interesting yeah there was also uh there's the indie mega booth like i i slapped this document together kind of there's another one at the end no it's not that's from last year um I slapped this document a little bit together because for me really to talk about packs, like I'm already I'm already an hour and 20 minutes. I could go to three hours of just discussing games from that show, but I want to highlight the ones that I actually am kind of looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, the other one that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, but I didn't get to get hands on with, and I'm going to, this is the only one I'm actually going to look up the name of. Uh, was at the Indie Mega Booth, and I looked it up because it had a cat. Which, I mean, if you want me to play a game... Put a cat in it? Put a cat in it. I'll at least look at it. It is... I took... They they started doing... I don't know if they did it with you, but they did an Indie Mega Booth thing now where Saturday has... or I think Saturday has one section and Sunday has like a different section. Like they rotate what is happening at the at the mega booth. The name of the game is Wild True Learn. Uh from Ludin.io. And you're basically this programmer that has to figure out these solutions to things. And so the way the trailer I think plays is that you're stumped on something and you walk away from your computer and your cat shows up. And, like, makes a change to it, and it works all of a sudden. And so he comes back, and he's like, wait, did you do that? Can you talk to me? And then his next goal is now he Googles, like, how to 
get a program to talk to cats or whatever. So that's the next thing you try to do is you have to like put this program together to be able to communicate with cats. You can like build and drive cars that way and stuff like that. It seemed like a pretty cool like puzzle solving uh, strategy game. Yeah, it's got a bizarre concept that could yeah. uh, could be attractive. Yeah, it looked like it was going to take me a bit to learn because it did look slightly complicated, at least at, at top level. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at it and you're like, it looks complicated, but then it could be one of those things too where like it looks really complicated, but if you the moment you get into it, you're just like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But yeah, that I'm wild, true. It's while space. It's program. It's a fucking programmer name, and it's the it's the name of the function. So it's while true colon learn parentheses or brackets, whatever. I, and then when I saw that name, I was like, "Oh, you're a fucking nerd and a half, man. <laughs> you're not even gonna you're not gonna just have that statement in your game. You're gonna make it a name of the game." Okay. So yeah, that's PAX. There's a lot more stuff that I could talk about, but. I'm just going to call out the keys, our key moments. Sound like a good year. It is. And my throat's really fucking sore. <laughs> Batman about to come out. Batman almost came out in the Scorpion Bar. <laughs> it was loud. Uh, and I told Dewey, I'm like, we need to leave. I'm losing my voice. Batman's going to show up. <laughs> it's going to get bad. And then, of course fucking what do I hear out of him is where the drug is going and I'm just like <laughs> now we're into Pete Holmes territory uh, donde estas los drogos <laughs> where are the other drugs going yeah Ray Romano alright that's the Batman reference for this episode <laughs> we made it at the end we'll see you guys next week with our normal episode of funsies bye-bye hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.